0: I'll kind of just break it down in simple terms. When you have a crypto exchange, you have this thing called one-to-one. So if you put money into FTX, they need to make sure that they have enough money to back that up. Yeah. So you could pull your money at any time mm-hmm. and be able to get that back. Yeah. So one-to-one. That's all that that is. Um, he had this hedge fund though um, called Alameda, uh, which he was try- like it was investing in different things, but overall like. FTX didn't have one to one because he was taking all of that money that people were putting into the yeah. exchange in, in like upping his um, you know stock within the, the hedge fund so he could invest in different things different assets um, and people found out and all that money disappeared yeah so now people have no money to pull out
1: i heard tom brady was one of the larger investors. yes
0: it, oh that was another thing that was really screwed up about um ftx like they got all these influential people these celebrities to yeah talk about it and say like this is why you should download kevin it. o'leary yep paid 15 yeah so it was it was all like it, it was all a strategic um boy i mean to like you know take people's money and yeah it's 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 really messed up man
1: Another episode of Adversity King, special returning guest. We have Landon Campo. And we're gonna just hop right in.
0: How's everything going? Dude, going good. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, bro. Yeah. Excited to be here, man. Yeah, excited to have you. So how was the trip out? It's good. Um, so this was the first time I grabbed an Uber over here. Yeah. No, it wasn't that bad, man. It was, it was I like, do it every time. Yeah, it's yeah. it kind of a pain in the ass. As usually I drive, um, I like run a zip car or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the Uber it was pleasant. There was just a lot of traffic. Yeah, yeah. dude, it's so
1: every single time I come down, it's, I, I like to use it for like, I'll try to schedule calls, meetings, or I'll, do, I'll use it for study time. I'll throw on a good podcast or yep. something. Cause it's like my podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Every time in in her twenties. So yeah, I'll throw, I'll throw different, I, I don't mind. It Depend Like I enjoy it when it's a Tesla,
0: when the Uber is a Tesla. Dude, I, yeah, I always get the Uber greens and yeah. a lot of people don't realize that like usually you'll get a Tesla. So yeah, okay. I didn't think yeah, yeah. That.
1: I've been doing the Uber blacks. I'm like, do the uber
0: green it's the same price as uber x but uh, it's like the eco-friendly cars and most of them you have like an 80 percent chance you're gonna get a tesla yeah that Mm -hmm. ain't bad i like that a lot yeah so i wanted to open up with just recapping
1: 2022 so totally what's all like and 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 a little more specific in regard to like your just your (laughs) business endeavors and different things like that because that can be a broad question of like you know what i mean and we'll go into more more areas of like lessons and different things like that towards the end but like what about uh, business endeavors and certain things like that? Podcast. What was 2022 like for you?
0: Yeah, it, it's been busy, man, and the year's not over yet. No, um, and, and we have that in common where we're, like we're always working. And- yes even on weekends, even these quote unquote breaks, like, um, and I, we enjoy that. You know, yes. it's, it's fun um, being able to grind every single day. So I say that to say that the year's not over with yet. Um, we still got a lot of stuff I need to do before. Yes, like um, Kobe. Yep, exactly, jobs not finished. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm fully now in venture capital. Yes. We'll dive into what that looks like. But um, last time I was on the show, I was, you know, trying to get into the space, yeah. which can be very difficult to break into sometimes. So now I am with a firm. Um, we're one of the largest in the Midwest, yeah. largest in Chicago. Um, I've already started deploying capital, so I'm investing in startups. The podcast is still going. Um, I hit episode one ten a few weeks ago. Yes. I have taken a little break off from the podcast because you know creator burnout's real, and it just it's it's not it's no longer like my main. You priority. have a very
1: high quality pot, like yeah. I would say just a higher quality, you know what I mean. Where it's like how I operate is like I'll get Joe Schmoe on, you know what I mean? Totally. I'll, I'll see a homeless person and like, hey, you yeah. want to get on a
0: podcast? It <laughs> might be a really
1: good conversation. <laughs> yeah, <though. laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, no offense, to all my guests, you know, if you listen to this, yeah, But yeah. But uh, with, with your podcast, I mean, every, every single day, it's a, uh, it's like the president of Uruguay or something like. It's, it's got to be, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's so it's like, and and again, like breaking into even like you know, like saying like breaking into the VC, like breaking into different networks where it's like yep. even when you're networking with individuals that have powerful connections it's not just like yes it's like i'll introduce but it's not just like you know i'll introduce and there it's immediately oh there's another episode because i know the mayor of miami he's gonna get me the the mayor of arkansas or the totally it's like yeah it, yeah it takes time and relationship building and, and like you said it's like adding value opposed to just you know extracting value it's like what can i give this person and usually in our position you know there's not as early entrepreneurs and different things like that it's like we don't have a lot to give it's it's not like a lot of liquid cat like i'm not giving people a hundred thousand to get on the podcast like yeah. other people can do
0: mm-hmm. but i mean the clips that you post of your guests and like you know you make them look like kings and queens and that's yes. super important And I, I totally think that that is value but um yeah you know with my show uh, just to remind the listeners like i interview successful people about what they did in their 20s um so that's the pitch to get more people on like yeah. you know these high stature guests, influential people, um, they need to see like the quality of guests that I've been able to bring on. So that means I I have to be very intentional uh, with who I bring on to the show. But um, yeah, you know, I, I... never needed the show to become like the biggest thing in the world. It was created to serve a very uh, intentional purpose. Yeah, I created it for a few reasons, but you know, one of the main reasons I created it was to get me into venture. Yeah. So it's accomplished that. Yeah, I, I got into venture capital through a podcast, which is rare. Um, you know, it usually doesn't happen like that. It usually happens in the sense where you got to go to this top college. You got to get a, you know, you got to focus on investment banking, yeah. get a finance degree. I, I I knew that I was already at a disadvantage. I'd have to create my own path, uh, do it and do it my own way. So that's why I created the podcast. But, um, all that to say that it, it's no longer, and it doesn't have to be like my main thing anymore. Yeah. I still understand the importance of creating content. So I'll bring it back next year. Um, but yeah, it's been nice to kind of put you in more of a great. powerful
1: position now as well, because you aren't so reliant on expanding the podcast. Yeah. Now the roles kind of reverse where it's like, it's really the others that need you because there's a lot of very successful individuals out there that don't take advantage and take your coin phrase of the identity capital. Yeah. yeah. And it's, they're hyper successful, but zero marketing. You know what I mean? So technically their measure of success is just a fraction of what it truly could be because they are not marketing them. Like who knows you? You Exactly. It's like people aren't, don't really true. Like some, some 14 year old in their basement has way more identity capital than you because you know, they're they're on YouTube every single day and, and they're creating content and people are knowing and watching and tapping into them streaming and, and doing different things like that. And mm-hmm. it's like you're in a really sweet spot now. And I start to feel it just a little little bit where I'm starting to tell SoundCloud rappers no. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas like my whole first year is like it was
0: grueling uh totally for
1: some, for some of That's a fun feeling. I don't know to tell people no. <laughs> yes. Um,
0: because at the beginning like I felt that too. Like Oh, I need everybody. Yeah. um, And I was even trying to, like, you know, keep that high um, quality, but still at the beginning, you got to prove yourself. Yes. Um, So the best ones are the ones that told me no at the beginning. I'd probably say no to today. I mean, you know, there's no point of me having some of these people on. But um, yeah, I I think that uh, with with social media and marketing, like it doesn't solve everything. You still need to do the work, but it is a huge unlock. It just helps you cover much more ground. And in my space where I need to, you know, be the loudest person in the room, I need to get in front of so many founders. Um, I I want people, when they think of Chicago, when they think of investment, when they think of starting a company, I want them to think about Landon. And I can't be in every single room to talk about myself. So it's important to like really build that. I call it like a top of funnel. Like you get yourself out there, you're gonna have a lot of deal flow you're gonna have a lot of people coming your way but then as the funnel um, goes gets lower you can then be a little more picky of yeah you know who you want to bring in closer into yes. your circles or who so you want true. to create these conversations with yeah so but, true. Um, yeah social media it's a great unlock
1: yeah and and I really still to this day feel like especially that I feel like the generation above us now not really I feel like our generation is a pretty decent idea mm-hmm. but like the the entrepreneurs above us kind of the, that 30 40s and beyond. They really don't realize just the the opportunity they're leaving on the table by sure. not taking advantage of marketing themselves. I know it doesn't solve everything, but I mean you saw you saw and you would probably know better than me. M- Mr.
0: Beast, I believe, turned down a billion dollar yeah deal in regards. Was it just a buyout of his YouTube or yeah? So it was pretty much a buyout of um, a few of his channels. Um, but overall, like his, his name likeliness and yeah, he'd have less control over himself, which yeah. is pretty scary. Um, and as an entrepreneur, like I'm really proud that he turned it down because he's betting on himself. Like he's yes. gonna be able to, you know, tenx that. In I've a few heard years. I've
1: heard people say it's like he is going to capitalize his identity into trillions of dollars. Totally,
0: there are people that think that, and you know, I haven't like really um, dove into this, but there are people that have put out theories that he might become one of the richest person uh, people in the world one day. Yes, um, you know, far surpassing Elon Bezos because. I'm already seeing it a little bit. Like, Mr. Beast, he doesn't just have this one YouTube um, page. He's monetizing in such a unique way. He's coming out with these brands. and yeah. I'm really close with his team at uh, Feastables, that new chocolate yeah. bar yeah, yeah, yeah. that he launched. And, um, like, why can't he do that with just new products and then new products? And he's he's, he's going to end up, like, having empires, man. It's dude, really that's, exciting.
1: That's something I told these guys I want to get into is I, I want someone to have, like, I want to g- hire, like, a, a Spanish translator and start translating some of the highlights into just just going to like because I, I know somebody, one one of one of his um, major channels is, is a Spanish speaking channel. Mm-hmm. You know I, mean? I think he's got like forty different languages or something like yep. that. Yeah, but yeah. I saw a statistic the other day. I think it was Claude that posted it. It was like I think it was like there's eighty million Spanish speakers in America or something. So yeah. it's like a third of America's population, nearly a third, is speaks Spanish. You know, and hopefully, I'm not giving Joe Biden numbers here. But,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, that, that, that sounds um, that sounds slightly accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that uh, that's a whole demographic. Yeah, that uh, a lot of people are not catering towards. But, yeah, uh, you dude, know, it's, it, it's insane. So it's smart that Mr. Beast is um, you know like building for that audience for sure. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's exciting stuff. The world is evolving so quick, and a lot of new innovations are coming out technological. I know you just came to my AI event so this cool. past week. Yeah, uh, really exciting space. I, I joined, I joined
1: the bandwagon of. Uh, Bash, bashing the AI uh,
0: profile pics. I just wanted to...
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I That's want,
0: okay. That's only one piece of it. Uh, I, I wanted to
1: hop on, and I was like, for marketing, I was like, let me just, you know what I mean? I feel like maybe maybe if I take... There's always, there's always value in it It's like there's value of diving in, and there's value in the opposition if you can market it as well. Sure. You know what I mean? So I was yeah, like, yeah. maybe I can... Uh, get some drive some content. So it's like me personally I'm kind of intrigued and I have thought about it, you yeah. know what I mean, but I can't be like the liver king and be a fake natty and then yeah. you know go ahead and <laughs> That's been go crazy ahead and switch up. For sure. So hilarious. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have in here um even with so in 2022 as you transition into the drive capital and I want to dive into to drive and just kind of for the listeners explain like what is a VC firm? Yeah, yeah. What's it di- like just the different different little areas of that? But what were the lessons you learned cuz I remember and you don't have to go in detail. What were some of the lessons you learned as you were going through some of the internships and the jobs you worked previously? Because between you and I, I I know some of the the hardships you had to face. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think it's so valuable, more so not the success you built into with (laughs) with Drive Capital, but all of the adversity, the pain, and and the different lessons you learned through all the other opportunities.
0: Yeah. Well, I I speak a lot about um, the value of becoming a specialized generalist, and I can kind of dive into what that means Mm -hmm. um, in my view Um, because – the world of venture capital, um, it's a very competitive space to get into, for sure. Um, and even with what you do, I mean, there are a lot of these competitive spaces where it's difficult to stand out. Um, and I, I think so many young people like are trying to be in the top 1% of these spaces um, and get into these spaces in a very easy way. Uh, And they need to understand that they need to sort of like reverse engineer um, how they build their own brands and the types of skills that they pick up. So you've got generalists. Those are people who kind of cover a lot of ground. Like they can do many different things. Yeah. And then you have, you know, specialists who are the, you know, the ones that are going for like the top 1%. They want to do only the one thing forever. Um, And I've kind of coined and it's been used before, but I'm really focused on building this brand of a specialized generalist. Yeah. Where in order to get into venture, I knew that I had to find two to three skills, um, that were, you know, that weren't often combined that I could kind of package up into me and that would help me really stand out. So instead of just trying to focus on investing, um, I also have brought in like this unique, uh, community building aspect. So that's why I'm often like, I yeah. bring people together. I like to host events. Like I, I really value, um, bringing people together and building community. So that's like one of my, um, Uh, The skills that I've really mastered and have tried to work towards, um, you know, marketing and social media as well. I I think also like very similar to you, like you also are a specialized generalist. You're not just trying to um, build within the insurance space. You've brought marketing and media and social media into it in a very unique way. And that has allowed you to stand out because I I bet a lot of other firms are not doing that. Um, So similar to me, like venture, you know, has you know, quite frankly, remain the same for a long time, and it's it's, it's more recent. it an old industry, kind yeah, of like I mean, insurance, yeah, of course. Um, it, it's very similar in that way, and I think that there are a lot of you know older VCs that haven't completely understood the value of social media. Yeah, um, but you know, I've kind of put the foot on the gas and have really focused on having that be a part of my brand because again, it helps get me access to more people. So social media is a huge unlock, um, and then also just like my Passion and insight on Chicago's ecosystem, like that's one of my unique skills as well. Like I really understand what's working in Chicago. And you were considering changed. moving too. I and was double down yeah. on Chicago. Yeah, yeah. No, this is for sure a long term commitment. Yeah, have yeah. Double down because with venture, like, and it it's not, taking off for you. It's, it it's, is. It's working um, because with venture, it's not like I'm not investing in companies that are gonna change the world, you know, tomorrow or next week. Um, at at times these are like 10 (laughs) year investments. Like it takes time for companies to grow. Um, and I'm committed to growing Chicago's ecosystem. So Mm -hmm. yeah, this is for sure. Long-term. It's got a lot of momentum. Yep. It's It's building. And, and one thing I noticed is, is with the
1: community building that you and Claude do, even being a part of this over the last, you know, year more heavily, but also over the last two years, with as big as Chicago is, I don't see many other community builders. And I feel like with the relationships and the handshakes and the individuals that I've met, I would have been able to branch out into other community building. And there's obviously there is, but I feel like there's nobody else really doing it in Chicago. Of course. Like you guys are doing it. There's
0: just a culture of like, you know, keeping secrets and, um, you know, like, and that's just far beyond Chicago as well, I, I think. Like Chicago a of- definitely, though, I could see them being like that because sure. Chicagoans, you know,
1: and even I've kind of evolved in this mindset of a little bit of paranoia, you know what I mean? How we, how we experience, like, with the concert and things like that. Of sure, like, yeah, yeah. You got you to gotta be on your toes because Chicago's full of hustlers. And so yeah. I can see kind of like the, and I, we don't have to name drop, but, like, I, I saw your tweet. And I completely agree. Like, the gentleman there or gentlewoman, whoever, uh, asked you to do an NDA off the first meeting. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, uh, they got to be chicago based <laughs> you know
0: what i mean it's yeah. like
1: what are you doing it's like
0: uh, no i mean it, it's but it's for sure like you know beyond chicago i, I think that there's just you know a lot of people want to like keep things to themselves and if something's working like you know you don't have to reveal everything but my my personal philosophy is you, you help um you get closer to your dreams when you help other people accomplish it's, it's their so dreams so true so you got to like you know be it's more so out true. about like you know how you accomplished this and how, like I'm very transparent about my journey and yeah. how I got into the space. Um, you know, I, I did it and like, uh, you know, I worked hard for it, but I don't think I'm really special in that sense. I, th- I think anybody could really do it. You were I really did. open right off the rip. You know what I mean?
1: Cause a lot of people I think could have taken it the wrong way of like, you know what I mean? Cause it was so inspirational. I met you and within, uh, you know, a week or so of meeting you, you inspired and even pushed me to create a podcast where a lot of, especially younger people could have the mindset of like, why would I want somebody else in a, in the, in the industry that I'm pursuing totally. competitively. And yeah, you've yeah. referred people you've had on your podcast to get on my podcast and help me out and giving me tips and yep. spend hours with me of like, you know, giving me equipment, you know, recommendations and different things like that. And it's like a lot of people don't realize the mindset of like there's enough to go around opposed to I want this all for myself. It That could be a huge separator in you being successful or not being successful. Totally. Because you yeah. have this scarcity mindset that puts you in this like cold box of not allowing you to capitalize on opportunity.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it only opens up more doors um, as well. I mean, you're frequently talking about in their twenties and my podcast and how I motivated um, you to get started with your show. And like, that only helps me of course. Too. Yeah. So I, I think like I, I encourage other people to, you know, dip into the podcasting space or, you know, try these other spaces and, you know, I, I, I try and just be very transparent about like how I do certain things um, because I don't need to gatekeep um, you know, all these, yeah. all these secrets. Um, I think there's so much opportunity in the world. And sort of like the capitalistic mindset is, you know, competition breeds innovation as well. Yeah. Like you don't want just like one company or one person doing one thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we need a thriving ecosystem. Yeah. Look at a country um, with dictatorship. You yeah. Know I mean, see, <laughs> see how well they do in regard to innovation. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So lots of travel for 2022. Yes. yeah Every week I see you out there. So mm-hmm. Um, first off, what's been what's
0: been your best trip so far? Is there anything any trip stood out for you for twenty twenty two? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been to just so many different places um, because Drive is based in Columbus. I, I've been to Columbus a bunch this year. Yeah, um, for the first time, and I think Columbus is one of those cities that slept on. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I've been enjoying my time in Columbus, um, and. Yeah, man. Uh, pretty much as a trip for the most part, like every week or every other week. But I, I love it, and that's why it's so important for young people to be obsessed with what they do. Yeah, like it comes to a surprise to people sometimes that I don't drink coffee. Like I don't, I don't eat that to wake me up. And yeah, uh, you know, I just have so much energy because I like I'm very into passion. What I'm is doing. Such a
1: crazy thing when
0: yeah. you find something, and, and I'm very torn
1: between like. You know, you'll hear people say, it's like, you, you got to do what you love. Well, it's like that you're typically getting, so that's usually like somebody with a hundred million dollars telling you, you know yeah. I mean? just only do what you love. It's like, there's no way you got into the position that you're in right now by only doing what you love. Of course. You yeah, what yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's seasons of like, Sacrifice. doing what you have to do yep, exactly. so you can do what you want to do. Yes. And so that's, that's a big thing. But,
0: um, You got to be willing
1: to sacrifice. You have to.
0: You need that, and a lot of people aren't willing to do that. But you know, some years of sacrifice could lead to some really um, some sweet years of some sweet years of passion and blessings. Yeah. So, what? What? Any other trips for the rest of the year? Uh, Yes. So I am heading to Columbus actually next week. um, Heading home to California um, for kind of um, you know the holidays. Yep. Um, But yeah, man, I'm just super excited for next year. Um, We got some really good momentum going with um, everything I'm doing for Drive in Chicago, and um, the ecosystem's really taking it well. So I just have some really big plans. Like, I'm, I'm trying to fund the future yeah. $10 billion companies in Chicago. We don't have any of those. $10 um, billion dollar companies? Yeah, like I want Decacorns, as they're called. Well, um, who
1: was the billionaire that recently relocated to Florida in Chicago? Um, was that's it, was Ken Griffin. Griffith?
0: Yeah, yeah. Or Griffin? Uh, yeah, Ken Griffin. Uh, so was uh, he a hedge, hedge fund? That, so that's hedge fund. Yeah, okay. yeah. So there are different types of... Um, um, sort of these investment classes, and just to kind of um, give some, uh, you know, high level overview of this, venture capital um, is sort of like the earlier stage mm-hmm. um, where we're investing in tech companies predominantly or tech enabled um, services that can go on to become, you know, the unicorns, a.k.a. Like yeah. billion dollar companies or decacorns, you know, like the 10 billion dollar companies. Um, so we're looking for like high growth opportunities. Um, private equity is a little later stage. So that's when a company's like already been built. Um, and, you know, a company is looking to sell um, itself. Um, and, you know, so that's going to be like more closer to like pre IPO when a company talking myself long term. I think it's Private equity, the P, where uh, yep. you go in, you could buy and like almost like flip a company.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, could and that had, be technically what Elon Musk w- could be doing with tw- Twitter? Sure. Could technically oh, yeah, th- build there's... it up over the next two, three years and be like, all right, I doubled its value. I'm going to sell it for 100 million.
0: Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. There, that's something that um, he might for sure explore, um, and he'd probably want to because he, uh, you know, he's going to want to make his money back. He's yeah. Close to losing um, money, a lot of money on Twitter. Um, and then there's actually another one I forgot um, before venture, uh, which was really called angel investing. The difference between angel investing and venture is only that uh, in venture capital, we're investing other people's money. Uh, so we have investors yes. that are invested into our thesis as a firm because firms invest in different How things. How many
1: are are the... Investors, like how many are there collaboratively with yeah, Drive?
0: Yeah, it, it totally depends. Um, okay. Yeah, for every firm, it's going to be a different uh, number. But is that something that's open, where it's like, hey, you know, not what I mean? to like, everybody. Okay. It's mainly like um, endowments, um, ultra net worth individuals, um, and pension funds. Mm-hmm. Those are usually the three groups of people that invest into VCs, so and those they, people are called limited partners. Okay. Yeah. So they invest into different venture firms. Um, You know, Drive, we have a focus to invest in uh, overlooked areas. And, you know, our um, geographic focus lies heavily like in the Midwest. Um, But there are different firms that invest, you know, in only, um, you know, female founders or firms that invest in black and brown founders or firms that invest only in companies building, um, you know, uh, we'll say robotics or, you know, SaaS. So the limited partners have Opportunities to invest in different firms and invest in different things, mm-hmm. um, which is good. You know, you don't want a firm that just is investing in anything. Yeah. Um, you, you want a firm that's super focused um, on investing in a specific area and the founders of that firm and the team of that firm need to really show the limited partners that they have like a very acute knowledge in this space. They have an advantage to invest, you know, whether it's geographical or, you know, in a specific type of founder or a specific type of industry. Um, they've really got to prove that to the limited partners. How does the DRIVE firm rank in
1: comparison to firms across the nation?
0: Yeah, we're we're one of the top. Yeah? Yeah. Um, So I think uh, now we are the largest firm in Chicago. We're one of the largest in the Midwest. Wow. Um, And the whole um, thesis of DRIVE and how DRIVE got started is um, that the founders believe that a great company can be built anywhere. Mm -hmm. Our founders are former Sequoia um, uh, investors. Sequoia is one of the largest investment firms and one of the first as well. Um, In the world. Sequoia is based in the Bay Area. There was a time where you needed to build a company. You need to be in the Bay Area to build a company Um, Partially because like all of the physical servers were there. Yeah, Um, and everybody was just doing it already Um, And they the founders of Drive saw an opportunity to explore and focus on the Midwest and you know Sequoia and these other firms almost laughed and said that no you, you need to be in the Bay Area to build a company like what's going on in the Midwest Columbus specifically Um, so, you know, the founders would go to create drive and prove everybody wrong Uh, because again, you know, it worked. We now have over 80 companies in our portfolio, um, about two and a half billion under management and we're continuing to grow, continuing to scale. Um, so it's a super exciting time for the firm. And, uh, I, I really connected to that story because I am from the Bay area originally. And, um, I still have a lot of friends back home or people that see me, you know, thriving and having a great time and building in Chicago. And they're like, like what's going on in the Midwest? You know, yeah. like there's there's nothing happening here. Um, but if if you if you were to take the Midwest um, specifically um, and compare it to other nations, the Midwest actually has the fourth largest GDP in the world. Yeah, larger than India. A lot of people don't know that. Um, so I, I think that there are so many other firms, you know, looking for other opportunities abroad. When you should really be looking in your backyard. Like this is where so much innovation is happening. In the Midwest. We have you know, great engineers, we have great talent, we have great industries, um, and this is, this is the time where we're going to really uh, focus on, um, you know, really doubling, tripling that in Chicago and other areas of the Midwest. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You
1: mentioned uh, one word, and I, had, I actually wrote it in here because it's I have to Google it every time I hear it because I I'm just lack familiarity. The SaaS, what is, well, I know that's some type of...
0: Yeah, yeah, it's software as a service. Okay. Um, so that's just a type of company. Would that be like cash drop? Um yeah, no cash drop could be totally considered a SaaS product. Have you had Ruben on the show? I have not had him oh, on that, the show yet. That'd be a good I, episode. I've softly
1: reached out. I gotta keep keep doing it.
0: Yeah. So um, we invest in SaaS companies. Um, and you, you can break a SaaS company down and understand it by literally, you know, saying it out loud. It's software as a service. Okay. Um, so let's say um, you know, instead of like hiring, you know, high cost labor, like hiring people. There are software products that replace labor. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. AI being one of them. Um, so that that's all that um, SaaS is. Yeah, and um, SaaS is a great place to invest, and in, um, because you know it really leads to um, you know high high multiples. I mean, you're investing in something where you don't need a lot of um, you know physical servers. You don't need a lot of people. Like it's literally a software. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two people could build a SaaS company. Um, and have it become, you know, a billion dollar company. So that, that's a, it, it really leads to um, high growth in venture. So that's why investors love SaaS.
1: I also put beside SaaS Web3, just because I wanted to touch it. What is Web3 again?
0: Yeah, so Web3 is just anything uh, crypto, um, NFT related. I know you've had some great guests, you know, on the show um, speaking about Web3. We, we still invest in Web3. Um, I think, uh, have you been following though like a lot of the stuff with FTX?
1: Yes. That's so I've been da- hard. I've been I've been I've been um, really just all, all the podcasts that I've been listening to have been have been touching on it. I listen to Patrick uh, Patrick David's podcast and then I listen to there's a general there's a gentleman in the uh, Ch- Chamath.
0: Yeah, Paulo pa- yeah. Hup so yeah, hard yeah, to say his name. So yeah. all I had it. him on my um, um so I worked with him in May. Okay. And we're going to get him on the show. Yeah. So I mean
1: I wanted to talk about that, too. So I guess we can kind of dive into what's happening with crypto NFTs and FTX.
0: Yeah. So what I'll say with this is that, um, you know, Web3 and crypto and NFTs are at a difficult place right now. And it's unfortunate because there are so many like good use cases to it. But there was this one bad guy. Sam Bankman-Fried, um, that really fucked over a lot of people. Yeah, and w- in moments when you have bad actors or people that just you know really cause harm in the space and lead to people losing a lot of money, it represents a whole group of people poorly. It does, poorly. and it's really difficult to get um, new consumers and new yeah. individuals into the space. Yeah, um, because they think that they're going to lose all their money and like, yeah. why would they trust it? So, like my farm, we're, we're still looking at Web three. We're still investing in Web three. We understand, and a lot of others in the space get that it's just a bad actor, but. It's going to be even harder for startups now, mm. um, and this is a concern that I have with a lot of startups. Like they're going to have to really make sure that they have a clear go-to-market strategy. Like how are you going to acquire users um, when a lot of these users think in that you, you can't trust a lot of Web three companies? Yeah, and to give some context of what happened with um, FTX, um, FTX is the company founded by this guy Sam Bankman Fried, yeah. who. Everybody saw as, like, you know, the the next biggest entrepreneur. He was yeah. one of the youngest billionaires in the world. Um, a total weird guy, by the way. So like, weird. You know, all these stories are so exactly. weird Exactly. Like, they said, you know, he's, like, a, you know, he, he's a god. Like, he, he cares about people. He's, yeah. you know, like, but it was all, like, a, a joke. You know, Forbes, like, said that he's one of the most influential people. It was bullshit. Um, and FTX was his company. It's a crypto exchange. And um, I'll kind of just break it down in simple terms. When you have a crypto exchange... You have this thing called one to one. So if you put money into FTX, they need to make sure that they have enough money to back that up. Yeah. So you could pull your money at any time mm. and be able to get that back. Yeah. So one to one. That's all that that is. Um, he had this hedge fund though um, called Alameda, uh, which he was try- like it was investing in different things. But overall, like FTX didn't have one to one because he was taking all of that money that people were putting into the yeah. exchange, in in like upping his, um, you know, stock within the the hedge fund so that he could invest in different things, different assets. Um, and people found out, and all that money disappeared. Yeah. So now people have no money to pull out. I heard so, Tom Brady
1: was one of the larger investors. Yes,
0: it, oh, that was another thing that was really screwed up about um, FTX. Like, they got all these influential people, these celebrities, to yeah. talk about it and say, like, this is why you should download Kevin it. Kevin O'Leary yep. was paid 15 Yeah. So it was, it was all, like... It, it was all a strategic um ploy i mean to like you know take people's money and yeah it's it's it was really messed up man and he has not been tried yet he's not been arrested yeah um, i have zero idea what's going on because he was really plugged in with a lot of politically um, like, yes so um, and
1: i i don't lean to either side i'm not like a, i don't represent you know i don't either i'm
0: more of like a good versus bad like yeah, they're like, bad there's <laughs> bad on both sides exactly so and that's bad when you're when you're screwing over like the everyday person having them lose money and just funding and i believe these it's
1: campaigns. factual now i don't i don't think this is theorized but i believe he was was you know funding a significant amount of money one of the largest funders to he was ukraine and then some of the political li- yes. political individuals as well that, yeah that's proven yeah so it's like now you you kind of go into <laughs> the twitter file releases and, mm-hmm. and different things like that and yeah. it's like all this suppression and and just and, and this is why when people were like i've had older people kind of like You know look at me maybe a little more immature different things like that because i'm not very politically you know woke or i don't really care to vote too much because i see different things like this and it's like you know what control you know what i mean it's like you know you give up control and and it's i think historically it's proven you give up power and and uh you know, it's not something that you really typically ever
0: get back. I just think, um, and what frustrates me so much is that there's so much binary thinking in the world. Binary just means, like, yes. it has to be this versus that. Yeah. Um, like, you know, if, if, if you vote for this person, then you got to be against that. Yeah. Um, because it's, like, an extreme or the opposite. So I think that's what a lot of this, um, like, at the top, so like, you know, the presidential election, a lot of these other, like, you know, larger elections, like, it, it's—they it's, try and— um, it's so theatrical, you know, because they have to, like, they have to sell a story. They have to sell that, like, you know, if you're with us, you're against them. So I will say, though, like, that the local elections do matter more, though. Yes, um, locally, you know, the, yes. The, the smaller elections, um, because they, they don't have all that bullshit, um, yeah. you know, and they actually, um, you know, you're, you're electing people, to run, you know, your city or uh, like a certain council that actually can lead to change yeah. locally. So um, yes, I, I do vote. Um, you know, across all um, of the spectrum, I'm pretty pissed at most of the um, results and um, options that we have at the top, but the local elections, I, I do take a little more time I want to.
1: Young, innovative, like minds. Totally, it. it'd be cool if we just had across the board. Like, I, I don't care what what they represent. Just what what would a bunch of Thirty and forty-year-olds, just politically, from local all the yeah. way to the very top. You know what? What would that do for for our country and and for our future? Of like, you know, kind of washing out because, like, you, you'll ever you'll see like pictures of like, and I do not care whatsoever. But you see like you know people resurfacing images of Jerry Jones from fifty years ago that mm-hmm. some racist thing. It's like. Well, duh, everybody was, ra- <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, you would have been racist back then, Jerry. It's like, yeah, yeah. Or, or whoever, you know what I mean? But it's like, and then I also get so upset with, you know, so many people bashing, you know, the return of Brittany Griner and we, and we left the Marine and it's like, yeah. it's like, and this is what I ask people because it's like, I'm not saying leave the Marine if, if, because if, if somebody really looked at me and like dissected all my views, they'd probably say I lean a little more towards the Republican or, sure. or that that right side, that conservative mm-hmm. side. So, but well, here's what I ask when when we're in situations like this. If that was your daughter? Yeah, what, what negotiations would you would no, just you right. would just leave her? You wouldn't give up the warlord? Everybody's always, I would you know, give up the
0: warlord for my mom, for my daughter, yep. for yeah, my yeah. sister. No, I I get what you're saying, and I, I think that everybody will always find a reason to complain about something. But that's also like the beauty like the binary, of this country, like because we have the option to. Yes, um, a know, little bit, not discuss. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> now we do <laughs> more now, but yes. um, yeah, the point is like, and, and that's something that uh, you know Elon sp- speaks about a lot, like you know true spe- free speech to him, and it means different things. This doesn't fully reflect my views. Um, some of it I, I do, um, uh, you know, agree with, but free speech to him. Um, you know, means allowing the other person that you t- completely disagree with to say whatever they want about you. Yeah. Um, and I, I do, you know, see that. I mean, people should have the opportunity to do that. Um, so, yeah, it, it is funny seeing people complain about it. Everything all the time, and it is slightly annoying. But you know, at least we have the option to do that, right? For the most part, go, bu- yeah. go build a startup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Here we go. Go do
1: something. Yeah. Um. And 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 then another thing, you know, kind of irks me is like when people are extremely passionate about hating something. It's like, what are you doing for change, opposed to just vocalizing your hatred. Exactly. For it. It's like, yes. what are you, like, what activities exactly. are you taking? If I on? have a
0: problem with something, I'm going to like work towards fixing it. Yes. And that's just the mentality I have as, like, a builder, as an investor into the future, yeah. you know, as an entrepreneur, which is why, like, you know, most people in my industry, like, don't lean one way or the other. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we we lean towards change and innovation. Chicago's
1: actually pretty diverse. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of people assume it's like, Chicago's just this uh, just this blue St- and, and there's there's definitely a lot of that, but there's there's very. It's like, all over the place. I meet people that that have so many different views yeah. and everything. It's like it's I think it's it's sometimes falsely represented in regards. It's like it's just this way. It's like it's just a big liberal. It's like I don't know, dude. I uh, even in these big nets, it's like they all. It's it's a pretty just. Div- I like it. It's I love diverse. it. Diverse. It's I it's like it. I've never felt judged. I've I've never felt like totally. You know what I mean? It's like you know I like I like hunting and I like guns and different things. I like the the country and it's mm-hmm. like. I've met so many people in the city of Chicago that are like They're just similar, similar or
0: listen like not make would, you feel weird. Exactly. Like me personally, I would take a conversation with anybody. I yeah. mean, that's just like how I'm built. Um, and, you know, I've done that a lot on my podcast. Like I, I enjoy listening. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean I need to agree with someone yeah. or agree with you or agree with that person. Um, but I'll still give that person the respect. Um, that they deserve to like at least you know um, hear what they have to say. I was and never, then give my points about like why I think that they might be wrong. A thousand percent. I, and I think of like like the mask. I was never mask shamed in Chicago, and
1: I was not a big masker. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. And I was like, it's just little things like that where it's like, I don't know the representation. It's definitely growing because I, I see you every single day. It seems like a new report of like you know top ten cities in the world, and it's like Chicago's up Bro, there. Yeah. It's like it's definitely growing reputation wise. Yeah. Um, So let's jump into AI. You know what I mean? So you just did this phenomenal AI event. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for Um, stopping by. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was awesome. So I wanted to ask, I put here VR beside AI. So virtual reality associated with AI,
0: yeah. how do the two pair and like what's that look like? For the most part, like completely different things. <laughs> okay. Um, so let, let's like break down each of these. VR, virtual reality. Um, that is when you're fully immersed into a new environment. Yeah. Usually done through like a, a headset like the Oculus. I got it. I got one right oh, over there. Oh yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you have played around with it. Um, you know, cool trends that I'm looking at, at that industry is hardware is shrinking. Um, like Apple has already been rumored to release a virtual reality headset Yeah. so like you know once virtual reality is the size of my glasses right here mm. I think more consumers are going to jump on board the reason I'm not like fully interested in VR startups right now is because people are not using VR. They're not. Like I heard Metaverse is not like yeah, no, picking it's, up like it's, it's really not cool. at all. People buy them around the holidays and Christmas and play around with them. And then there are some use cases, like maybe to use them in the office, like if you got a Zoom. But for yeah. the most part, like consumers are not using VR. So I'm, I'm not completely bullish on that space yet. Um, and then you have artificial intelligence. Um, actually, no, let's do one more before. We, augmented, have, reality. Have augmented reality. Augmented reality, where... Everybody's played around with Snapchat and like you can have like the little cartoon figures pop up or like you you can wear like a face filter Mm -hmm. that that's what AR is. Um, So it doesn't fully like take you outside of where you are currently. Like it uses the real world um, and it just only enhances it. Yeah. Um, But then you have this space, um, artificial intelligence, which isn't new. Like AI has been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, But I'm specifically excited about this area called generative AI. Generative AI allows you to type in any text, um, and it can instantly create a photo, a video, a uh, script, a script, an audio file. So freaky! I saw one
1: create a Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo script on yes. flat Earth theory, and I was like, "How accurate?" And I was like, "Where did he even
0: collect the information?" So that's it, it's all. Um, that, that's what it is. Like, Could it do a random
1: person? Like if I said create script, Tristan delebic would it, needs it research to have like- been
0: uploaded by um, you know the whoever the foundational model or the company that's building the generative AI? Okay. So um, OpenAI is this really um, probably one of the largest AI companies that's building generative technology, um, and. In order to create these large language models, all it is is like they're uploading a bunch of information yeah. um, that already exists on the internet. But you can kind of play around with like um, their newest product, this chatbot. And if you ask it about you know like things happening in current events, it's not able to answer because for the most part, all the information that has been uploaded is like pre twenty twenty one. Okay. So they have like some COVID stuff, but uh, for the most part, it like depends. There's a there's a book back here that I, I read just
1: this past year. And I know the name of it. It's called Super Intelligence. and mm-hmm. it was, it was Musk and Bezos recommended. But but the moral of the story is, I, I read this, I read through this book, and it's built around artificial intelligence, yeah. but an extreme level of it. And it starts to th- they start to theorize in regard to what will artificial intelligence, what could it, put, and it's it's, it's probably not good for like investors because it, it gives more of like the. What are the potential outcomes?
0: Well, that's fine um, because I'm not just investing in like um, or looking to invest in like the companies that are gonna, you know, um, you know build you know products that the AI robot, like, yeah, like, like you Will, know, you, know, you know, the Will Smith. Well, movie. the positive comes. Out. I also want to invest in like the ones that are gonna be solving the negative effects of AI yeah. too. So, like, I think there's gonna be a rise of plagiarism, for example, and yeah. rise of um, you know. Um, you know, a lot of negative things can come from generative tech. I think it's super interesting. I th- I think it, this is one of the greatest advents since the iPhone. And like my firm totally believes that as well. Like for the first time, like you now have at least especially creators, like we have a starting point, like artificial intelligence and generative technology specifically, it's not going to solve everything and it shouldn't. Um, but like for people trying to develop a script for people trying to develop questions for an interview for people trying to, um, you know, create emails, like I've been using it to like make my emails sound a little nicer to the founders that, um, you know, we aren't able to invest in. Like it's, it's, it's supposed to be like an aid. It's, it's going to be like a, a way to help make us more productive. Yeah. Um, and it's been so much fun to see a lot of the applications come out of this. So the avatars, you know, that that's one piece of it. Um, but I'm more interested in a lot of these applications that, that are av- the avatars. I've heard that's I've heard it
1: shaking up like the world right for now. For sure, a yeah. million downloads or something in a, in a week or what? What is it? What are the yeah. stats so on this? Yeah,
0: so with this chat bot that they released um, that allows you to like kind of type in anything, yeah. and get a result. They hit um, 1.3 million downloads in like four days. Remarkable, and, and that insane. never happens.
1: I was seeing trajectories of like what it what it
0: took for Instagram, what
1: it took for Snapchat, yep. and it's like in a fraction of the time yes
0: yeah so people are really stoked on it and then for the avatars uh, the number was also crazy um i think they hit like close to 23 million downloads in a very short period of Insane. time so um yeah there's this um there's this thing of hype you know like so many people are using it talking about it hype can be dangerous sometimes to build because if you aren't able to support like all the people coming in to use these products yeah. um then you're gonna lose them but for the most part i mean the hype is, you know, well warranted. I mean, people have been using these avatars and, yeah. um, you know, uh, some of the servers have, like, crashed, I I realize. Who's making the money right now between, behind all this AI? So Lenza AI is the company that is creating these avatars. Like, they are the company that's made this, more who's money. the CEO of Lenza? Um, yeah, I'm not sure who the CEO of that, CEO that company is. And then OpenAI um, was founded by uh, this guy named Sam Altman and Elon Musk. Um, surprisingly. Um, okay. Elon has his hands on so many different things. Wow. Um, so they have created this chat bot. They've created a lot of different applications for people to use AI. And the cool thing about OpenAI is that it's all open. So that that is sort of like why generative AI is so relevant now. It's gotten faster. It's gotten cheaper. It's gotten better. But it's also, for the first time ever, it's open. Because it's been around for a long time. Yep. But now you, myself, we can play around with these tools. Um, so I, I, I love that they've allowed you know people to come into the space and play around with it. It says here, Giorgio or Gergo
1: Vari. Uh, I don't know. Is I don't it, know if he's from here. <laughs> it looks like he's in Pennsylvania. Oh, all right. is the uh, founder yeah. and CEO of Lenza's Journey as a founder of multiple successful job
0: boards and recruitment startups has taught him the traditional process of searching for job broken. That why because I was thinking like if if imagine if Lenza AI was made by you know you know Russia or china and now they have access to like all these people oh my god like i i think i read before i did upload my avatars and faces that it was an american company Uh, Oh me i I see i oh it looks like he's from the bay area okay cool members yeah so on forbes it says member of bay area
1: um created lens a startup that offers a technological solution to the crisis of the career marketplace
0: yeah but my biggest thing with um artificial intelligence right now like I, i think a lot of people are fearing it they're scared of it they're trying to find ways to use it it's everything new and exactly and I really um, think back to like and you know this is really while we were young but you know I've read a lot on uh, this time back like 2000 2001 you know when the internet was really getting started, yeah, the .com, you had two types of people. You had people who feared it mm-hmm. um, and like said that you know this is gonna take my job. I don't want to use this. This sucks. But then you also had the people that used it and were curious about it mm-hmm. and spent time trying to find ways to give um, themselves the upper advantage of using it. Now they're um, rich, and now they're <laughs> stinking rich. Yeah. And the people that feared it, yeah, they did lose their jobs and like you know they're they're not in the space. So my point is like y- 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 there's no stopping this. Yeah. Like it's it's here. Oh God. It's no. coming. So find ways to make yourself stronger and yes. better with using it so you know as um, you know an investor in my space I'm using it to help save time um, you know help ideate on different things and it's it's given me a superpower so I now you know potentially can be better at what I do compared to someone who doesn't use it yeah and my theory with uh, generative tech it's I mean it's gonna make people like way more productive than mm-hmm. um how they currently um act and so I, I think this is the time to experiment with it use it um there's so many use cases to generative technology yeah it's
1: crazy yeah i'm excited to see where it goes
0: yeah and we're investing years. fully into space yes for sure yeah yeah um dude. so bulls games a lot of bulls games a lot of bulls games how are the, How are those going dude it's fun man yeah. i mean i'm from the bay originally Always going to have love for the Warriors. But, um, you know, I'm a Chicagoan now. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm building here. Gotta go. Um, I'm investing into the future of Chicago. So I got to support the local Chicago teams. Yeah. And, yeah, I've been doing a lot of Bulls games for sure. And uh, those are always fun. Any new food stand out over this last year? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, all the time. Um, you know, because I spend, like... 18 hour days in the office. I don't have a lot of time to cook anymore. So I'm I'm usually just at like a lot of local restaurants. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Hide and seek is one of my new favorite ones for sure. Yeah. Um, And if you actually want to grab lunch after this, like in local, I haven't been to Lombard in a minute. We should do that. I haven't had food yet. Yeah. I'm down. Do you fast, by the way?
1: Unintentionally. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I stop eating usually around seven
0: ish and then I won't eat until eight. So you figure 12, 13 hours. Yeah, totally. That's good. Um, you know, and it's it's going to be different for everybody. Like everybody's body is different. Yeah. Some people need food, some people don't. Me personally, I want young people to explore two things: um, walking much more frequently. <laughs> oh it's, yeah, it's, it's been so proven good. that walking and. Getting your brain moving, you know, in between meetings or taking meetings yeah. while on the go, um, you know, really is good for your brain and it helps you come up with ideas better. Yeah. Um, so I'm always like, I'm like a shark man, like I'm always moving, I'm always thinking on the go. Um, but then also fasting is yeah. another great way to unlock, um, you know, potential, uh, you know, with how you think. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least when I don't have food in me until like. 1 p.m. Sometimes um, I, I feel like just more productive throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, less laggy. I feel like I'm able to think better. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, a lot of people, um, you know, are, are not doing either of those. They're sitting all day oh in God. the same place. Yeah. Or they're eating all day. Um, you know, maybe may try to experiment with those yes. two. Any cool
1: people stand out for 2022? Like any like, man, that was a powerful relationship, powerful
0: connection. Um, Wow. Well, yeah, uh, for sure. You know, I, I got super close to my boy, Claude, who you've had on the show, yeah. um, and we, we are doing very similar things, and, like, we have similar aspirations for the city of Chicago, so it's cool um, having someone that I'm close with who, you know, sees uh, the potential of our city, yeah. sees, like, you know, all the issues within Chicago and what we want to solve, and we're working towards those, yeah. um, and we're both young as well, and, like, we're in positions that um, Pretty large positions too, so that, that that's been fun. Um, and he works for P P33, P thirty three. It's a nonprofit in Chicago that's okay. really investing in um, you know the future of the city. Yeah. Um. So they organized different events and yes. collaborative efforts. Massive
1: events. He yes. throws the
0: craziest events for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a great guy. So yeah, I'd, I'd say like uh, working closely with him has been a really good um, uh, good relationship this year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Make sure if you're in Chicago, is it July? July is going to be Chicago Tech week. Tech week. Yeah, just to like give people, um, you know, the sneak peek and or at least talk a little bit about last year's. I spoke and he had amazing speakers. Uh, Pusha T came and performed. Yeah, um, and I think throughout the weekend he probably or week he had like over five thousand people plus come. Yeah, um, he he spoke with the governor uh, for an event. So all that to say that he's trying to like. 10x though 10x for next it, month, yep. so, Sam um, Bankman
1: Fried will be there next no <laughs> Just
0: keep him the hell out of my yeah. city yeah, yeah. no we're not we're not doing that um, but yeah man no it's it's exciting time for sure um just in the world, but specifically in Chicago. Yes, like you got so many young people that are just invested into building the future of this city. Yeah, we've been given the responsibility to do so. Um, so that's what gets me out of bed every day. Like you know, I, I it feels like I never stop working because I don't. But like yeah. I, I never get tired, and I'm obsessed with what I do. Yeah, and that's what helps me really um, stay motivated every day. So um, I'm going to keep doing that uh, because again, I want to be, um, you know, one of the contributing forces that helps bring future huge companies to Chicago, yes. and it starts by going early, um, so that's why we're investing super, super early, anywhere from like an idea on a napkin, all the way to something that's been in market, but we want to be the first investor, Yeah. Um, so if you come across any companies, if anybody comes across companies, come talk to me.
1: Yes, what stood out to you in 2022, lesson-wise, which I kind of opened up in the beginning, but what yeah. I what I mean by this is more so, what, what's more so like the heart, like we got to talk about adversity, so... Yeah, yeah what was the hardest adversity you had to overcome and what did you learn from it in 2022?
0: Yeah. Um, so I was in a toxic work environment. Um, but you know, it's, I'm not going to have it be like a binary thing where like, you know, it was all bad. Like, no, like I'm super grateful for the experience. Yeah. Um, and I needed it. Like it it helped me get to where I am today with my dream job. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting laid off, um, in a pretty inappropriate way. Yeah. Um, Which, uh, you know, really uh, took a toll on my mental health. And, you know, I felt lost for a little bit. I I had this one crazy week um, in August where, you know, I got laid off on a Monday. Um, I ended up giving a TED Talk on Wednesday. Yes. And um, I accepted my new job um, on uh, the Thursday of the same week. Yeah. um, Because I had timed everything perfectly. But my point is, like, when we have these moments of adversity and when, you know, things are not going our way, um, understand that y- 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 shit happens, you know, yeah, like shit happens us. and you always have an opportunity to really focus on like what you want your next move to be. So instead of like having this thing, like, you know, rain over me for months and, you know, weeks or think like, I don't think about it all the time. Sometimes I talk about it. Sometimes I'm just not thinking about it all the time. Yeah. Like it sucked, but you know, I had an option to go harder because of that. Yeah. Um, which I did. So I, I, think a lot of people like we get just, Kobe. yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we get put back after like these negative things happen. Um, you know, I really learned that after losing my best friend, yeah. um, you know, and I had an option like, okay, like I, I this, I know this thing is going to bother me. I lost someone who I cared so much about. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 knew that it's going to be a challenge to, you know, work through that, but I knew that I had to go harder for him. Mm. um, and i think about him every day and that motivates me to keep going harder yeah. um so you know right when he passed like i, I you know helped organize um, a scholarship in his name you know i i wanted people to really like I not yeah forget about meant. him i because I, I knew like his legacy um you know needed to stay out there and um i just wanted people to really understand the significance of him on my life so yeah, yeah again when like these these negative things happen in our lives um you have two options you know you can sulk about it you can be sad about it forever, or you can use that as energy to go harder for that individual, yeah. for yourself. Um, and that's just kind of how I view life. Yeah, same, same, thousand percent. So
1: let's, uh, as we wrap up, 2023 goals, plans, anything, maybe two or three things that just stand out where it's like, listen, this is, this is where we're going for 2023.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, investing in more companies. Um, and I'm, again, looking for founders and ideas right now uh, because I am investing so early. A lot of times, you know, they're not going to have traction. They're not going to have revenue. The first company I funded in Chicago, I, I met them at a pitch competition. Okay. Um, and they are shipping their product um, and putting it into market next year. So that hasn't even happened Can yet. you say anything in regard to that company? Um, we're going to be announcing it in okay. Q1. But uh, my point is, like, I, I, I invested into them, and my, the firm invested into them because, like, uh, of, of them, you know, the yes. founders and their idea, uh, their idea to change the world. People don't realize
1: people buy people yes. more so than the product the co- I love following like I follow all these different founder things that uh, you like in my Twitter or whatever yeah, yeah. because it's like it all correlates with with what I do it's like you know what I mean it's like always like I was every day I see a new one or it's like it's with founders it's it's uh, 1% the idea 99% execution I'm like yeah, yeah.
0: duh you know that exactly. sales that's building yeah. your insurance business dah, 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 yeah. dah, and I'm like fire exactly exactly like the idea is you know the idea is really important but like to your point execution is much more important than, than the idea. How many founders do you think really execute? Oh, dude, like the 1%. Yeah. Yeah, there are so many founders that uh, as soon as they um, are, you know, see adversity comes into their lives, um, they quit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the only person truly who, you know, will tell you to quit is yourself. Yes. Like you are able to push through things. Um, and I think that, you know, looking at a macro level, when the economy is not looking so well, Um, When things are not going people's way, when it's more difficult to get investment, um, you know, these, these are the moments where you really find the special founders, the ones that are able to really build, um, grind and push through um, the dark days. Um, But yeah, back to like the significance of like the idea and the founder, that's why I'm such a stickler on the story. Mm. Like the story that founders tell me when I first meet with them is so important your story is going to help you unlock investment it's going to help you get users it's going to help you get customers it's going to help you get employees so it's so important for founders to really work on their story um, a lot of people to call it an elevator pitch um, you know all the way to you know how clear is your pitch deck because I meet with so many founders that might have amazing ideas but they aren't able to sell it to me because they just don't communicate it well yeah um, or they you know, aren't able to explain an idea in a very effective and efficient way. So my point is like for founders that only have that idea, you need to pretend you're talking to a five-year-old and a 95-year-old, you know, some of these, you know, ideas are so, um, you know, hyper-specific, like you got to understand something about the industry or space, um, to get it. And, you know, the founders that I speak with, I really want them to understand that, you gotta be very clear with how you explain things. Yeah. Um, you gotta make sure that anybody can understand what you're building, mm-hmm. even if it's a crazy AI company or, or a Web3 company. Um, my grandma should be able to understand what you're building in the Web3 space. So yes, execution is key, but for the founders that are early and only have an idea, it is so important to really work on your story um, because that's gonna unlock um, I'm taking notes on
1: this. Yeah. So I ask, because I wanna ask questions that spin off of this. Yeah. Founders who don't invest, I, I believe the term is bootleg. What are your thoughts when you sit down? Like, will you guys still, if they're, like, if they're what if they're not willing? They're able, but they're not willing to invest in their own company. Will, would you still, if they have a good idea, they're executing, would you still want to? Yeah, so two, you're talking about bootstrapping. Bootstrap, so yeah,
0: yeah, Bootleg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, same thing. But so bootstrapping is when a founder, um, you know, puts their own money forward yes. um, for a company before they reach out to yeah. investors. Um, and also could be, you know, considered family and friends as well. Yeah. Or crowdsourcing, you know, they're able to get money first uh, to bootstrap it before finding institutional yes. money. I'm uh, like institutional investor. That's that's what a venture capital firm is. Um yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with bootstrapping. I think if anything, like it gives the founder more leverage because they're able to go a little further mm-hmm. um, and build something out maybe before approaching investors. So
1: you'd still sit down with someone that
0: doesn't of course. bootstrap. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um no. So the threshold that I look at is anywhere from an idea on a napkin to something that's been built, you know, has been bootstrapped potentially, yeah. but hasn't gotten any institutional capital yet. So, you know, I'm not looking for companies you know, we the other investors at Drive do this, but me personally, like what I'm building, I'm looking for founders who are early um, and haven't been invested in yet. So Mm -hmm. I wanna invest like very, very early. So if there is other institutional investments into a founder, can
1: you still invest into them or is there like competitive signed contracts and things like that?
0: So at Drive, because we invest from now pre-product, pre-revenue, all the way to pre-IPO. Like there are other people in my firm that, you know, do look at companies that have already been invested in. Yeah. But for what I'm building specifically in <laughs> Chicago, um, like we're looking before that. Okay. Like I want the founders who like before their founders. Like that's how early I'm looking. Yeah. Um but I also have a founder um in Toronto that, you know, she's already uh she's already built her company, her app, has over a million downloads, um, but still in that circumstance, we're her first check. So she yeah. bootstrapped, you know, she she did all that stuff. A million to get to downloads. Her, yeah. So that's more leverage, for sure, for her. Um, but yeah, we're, we're looking anything before any other VCs. Like, we, we want to be the first check. And kind of, like, to give you my master plan of, like, how we're going to build big companies in Chicago. And I, I've copied a lot of this from, like, the framework in, of Silicon Valley and what already exists. In order to create, like, these Decacorns and these super large companies in Chicago, um, I think that investors need to go much earlier yeah, it's very difficult for founders to get capital um, in Chicago, and there are a lot of investors that go early. Don't get me wrong, but historically, it has been difficult mm-hmm. for founders before traction, before yeah. revenue, to get um, funding. So I think that we need to go much earlier, which is why you know we're focused on that idea on Napkin. We need to be hyper involved as well. Um, it's proven that inv- that founders that partner with high quality investors lead to high quality companies. Yeah. So. For us, it's not like here's the money, see you in a few weeks, see you in a few months, Um, talk to you soon. I meet with my companies every single week, often. I tell my companies to treat me like an interim co-founder. I tell my companies to treat me like a friend, like a therapist, like a confidant. I meet with my companies so frequently because I need to understand what's going on with them. Yeah. Like I am, I call it persistently involved, not annoyingly involved, but um, you know, I, I'm so involved with my companies because I need to understand like their challenges, what I can help with, yeah, and how I can connect the dots. So that's kind of, kind of number two. Investors need to be more involved in companies. Number three is sort of like with community building. We need to give founders in Chicago a reason to want to stay in Chicago. Yes. So I do that by building community. Um, you know, really showing that this is a fun ecosystem to build in. Yeah. Because I don't want these founders to go to the Bay Area. Yeah. To go to the coast. Like I want them to stay in Chicago. Keep the money here. Yes. And by doing those three things, our founders are going to become super big, super successful, and they're going to want to reinvest that back into early stage founders in Chicago. Yes. Creating a flywheel. And again, this isn't a new idea. This is already done in the Bay Area. Yes. Um, where because the founder, um, you know, had a chance to build. Um, you know, they, someone took a shot on them because they had an amazing time building, you know, they had fun and they understood, you know, the significance of that community. And because, you know, they had an investor that was really involved, they, you know, once they become successful, feel, you know, righteously, you know, like they should reinvest that back into the city. So that's going to really create a flywheel. Um, so in order to create big companies in Chicago, yeah, we need to go earlier, we need to be super involved, and we need to give founders a reason to want to stay. So that's what I'm trying to build here. Once you select a company that you want to invest into, is there an approval process? Yeah, so How- bef- because we're going so early um, and because our companies don't have, um, you know, much to, you know, show, like, proof points, which is okay, um, we're making decisions really fast. Yeah. We understand these markets so well, so we understand, like, if someone's bullshitting, we understand, like, you know, if they're actually building um, a, uh, the best solution to the problem because we're not trying to invest in the second company or the third company. We want to invest in the number one company. The Apple. The market-defying company, yes, yes, like in that in any space. So we've spent the time and we continue to spend the time, like, diving into these industries. Yes. We understand them so well. We're well-connected in these spaces. Yes. That's more the value we bring. So because of that, like, again, we understand what's missing in the spaces. Mm-hmm. So, um if the founder is aligned with that, and that's why I like to listen first. I like to hear how the founder sees the space and how they articulate what they're building um, and also like why they want to build it today. Another thing that's really important to me is like why now? That's one of the most famous questions that I'll ask during, um, uh, you know, my meetings with founders. And that's something that's super important to our firm. Yeah. Like I often say that no idea is a new idea. Everything has been tried before. So true. Um, Any idea has existed before. You may not know about it, because they they failed, so timing is critical for company success. And I give the example with Uber. Many people tried rideshare before Uber, and failed, but Uber had these three things that um, you know led to perfect timing: the rise of three G, like the rise of uh, global adoption of smartphones, and also uh, Google Maps released this thing called an API, which in short just allowed Uber to use uh, for their mapping feature. So my point is, if not for those three things, like there wouldn't be an Uber. Yeah. So timing is critical. And a lot of founders, you know, maybe just want to build something because it sounds cool. Um, but no, my question is like, why Why couldn't this have been built three to five years ago? Why does this need to be built today? Why can't this be built in the future? So virtual reality, for example, the timing just isn't right now, in, like personally, or at least I haven't met any founders yet that yeah. um, have communicated it well. <coughs> but um, in the future, for sure. Like, VR will be there. Um, But timing is is super important. The last thing I have in regard to founders is when you've invested
1: into a founder that quits, fails,
0: (laughs) what do you guys do? Is there something they sign where it's like they owe you the money back? No. (laughs) So I'll I'll say a few things there. Um, First off, if if a a founder approaches me that, like, has quit something before uh, or, like, you know, has failed, that's okay it's always okay to fail. Yeah. And I encourage people to... To fail. Yeah, to fail. And a lot of people don't start things because they fear failure. We spoke a lot about that last time. But if you have failed at something or if something didn't work, it's super important to reflect and understand why it didn't work. Yeah. (laughs) Like you need to approach your investor. You need to approach me. You need to approach my firm and be able to really like clearly articulate like, you know, this is what I tried and this is why it didn't work and this is what I would do differently because we're trying to invest in extraordinary founders. Again, we don't want to invest in good founders. We don't even want to invest in great founders. We want to invest in the best, extraordinary founders. Yeah. Um, and it's okay if something didn't work uh, before, but I still think you can be extraordinary because you now have a cheat code. Yeah. You tried something, it didn't work. You understand specifically why it didn't work, and you know now, because of pattern recognition, what not to do and, yep. um, and why you're not gonna do it again. Um, so, yes, I know that wasn't directly your question. I just want to, like, preface with that. And, and you don't have to answer directly. Yeah, either. no, I mean, no, The your actual question, no. Like, we, we don't get money back um, yet from the founders. Yeah, this is a, a game of, like, big bets and big risks, um, you know, VC. And not every company that we invest in is going to go on and, um, you know, succeed or, like, be yeah. something big. Um, that, that's just what it is. We We, we want them to. And we're doing everything we can to help them do that. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, it's, it's just things happen. Yeah. Shit happens, <laughs> um, as I said earlier. But um, with, with venture, like, the one company out of maybe, and it's different, like, sometimes 10, sometimes 50, sometimes 100, the one company, um, once it's done right, like, can go on to, like, return an entire portfolio. Like, you know, we're investors in Duolingo, for example. That's probably, like, one of the... Uh, I do that every day. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, th- there are a lot of companies that, um, you know, we're going to continue to try with and invest in. Yeah. And that's why it's so important for firms to, like, have, like, a really good thesis and, like, knowledge on these markets and spaces. Yeah. Like, we're not just throwing money blindly. Yes. Um, and there are some firms that do that. Um, but the reason why, like, our returns speak for themselves is, um, even though not all of our companies are going to, you know, become future Duolingos, we do have like a lot of great companies and, you know, successful companies. And the reason is, is because, you know, we're, we're taking that extra step to yeah. really understand these markets and really understand, um, you know, these founders. Absolutely. My
1: last question as we wrap up is Soho House.
0: Yeah. How has it been? Uh, it's been great. It's been great. Um, yeah, cool thing about Soho House Chicago is like you never know who you're gonna meet there. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've been hanging out and seeing Vic Mensa a lot. Yeah. Um, which is super cool. Um, you know, got to see and meet Blake Griffin like a few uh, weeks ago. Okay. Hopefully Soho House doesn't kill me. Like I guess like you got You can't like talk about these things outside. No, I'm kidding. But um, oh, okay. Yeah, know, it's no, thinking. it's 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 cool, man. Because like you never know who you're gonna run into. Yeah. Um, and I especially love it because like you can be in which I do, I have all my, I take all my meetings there. Now, um, I can be speaking with a founder about one thing yeah. The founder leaves and someone sitting right next can just have been like, you know, eavesdropping overhearing. Um, but that person can be another founder that like, you know, now I meet and wants to talk to me. Um, but it's not like just business professionals. It's also creatives. Yeah. Um, so, um, because Soho house Chicago, um, they, they actually like, there's a lot of business professionals there, but you know, there, there's more creatives. I couldn't even like really talk about what I do full time. Like yeah. I had to use the podcast card more and that's how I got in. Um, but my point is like, y- you never know who you'll run into. I've had a lot of great conversations started at Soho House Chicago. Um, is there a, bit, a restaurant there? There's a restaurant. Dude, you, you could, you could hypothetically spend the whole day at Soho House. There's a restaurant, hotel, How hard gym. is it to like get in? Like, do you think I can get in? of course yeah yeah um, of course um, how many recommendations do you need you two. just need two. Oh,
1: thank god two high applauded. quality
0: um, recommendations are you, are you guys high quality yet I'm, I'm high quality enough yeah yeah perfect um, I know like the uh, the house manager on a first name basis and, let's go um, I'm there every day man I bring people there like I do you think it, it's worth it if I'm only there once like a month? I, I think it is um, because I encourage you to like get more downtown often and, I'm gonna I'm yeah, gonna eventually get a place downtown. yeah offer. build a presence there and like this can be a little hub a little yeah. office for you for sure like, um, you know, if you want to, let's say you're in Chicago for an entire day, Yeah. like the bullshit with Wallapalooza, for example, like yeah. imagine we could have hung out at some Soho House for the day, Yeah. Like somewhere to go instead of hanging out and at, you can at take a, a guest, you can bring two to three guests, two to three, three
1: actually. See, I think that'd be cool for me to take like top performers from yes. my company. It's like, Hey, you listen, you had a to great dinner, week. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take you to Soho house. You're yep. going to meet, you know, cool individuals, different things like that. But, uh, yeah, I, li- I like the way the Soho house sounds. Dude,
0: it's, it's, it's cool. Um, I I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, but yeah, still like in just another theme of the interview, like just because I'm a member at Soho House doesn't mean like, you know, everything is solved for me. Like I still have to do the work. Like I still have to go out of my way to network (laughs) with people, (laughs) um, talk to people. So once
1: you make it at Soho Chicago, it's deuces.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah. But no, it's a good time. I, I totally recommend it. Use me or like a few of your other guests as well. Um, you know, as recommendations,
1: but I, yeah, I don't know who experience.
0: else is a is a. I think I only see you and Claude there. I don't know who else is apart. Um, I'd say yeah, yeah, just Claude and I probably the ones that you know. Yeah, um, I
1: can't think of anybody yeah. else.
0: But no, I'm trying to get more people there. Is Ruben the, there? I I don't know actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe he should. Um, but yeah, like, greater than Soho, man. The West Loop is like amazing. Yeah. So that is where I spend all of my time because the Is new that office, where Soho is. That's where Soho House is. That's where the new office is that I'm building out. That's where my temporary office is. Um, The West Loop, it's a crazy, crazy uh, area and slash like new development. Do you live
1: in the West Loop though? So
0: I'm in Streeterville. Okay. um, But I'm exploring moving over to the West Loop, which when I first moved to Chicago in 2016, like didn't exist. Yeah. There was nothing there. And which is why it's so exciting to see all these new restaurants, Soho House. Yeah. I'm actually really close with the guy that like is credited for like being the father of the West Loop. Wow. Um, he developed like... Um, That'd be a cool podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he's the man. He developed like the building that I'm working out of or the, the basketball court at the rooftop. I see person. that every day. I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is um, the best place to take pictures. He brought Soho House to the West Loop. He brought um, Adam Newman from WeWork okay. to the West Loop. Um, you know, the, the first companies to move to the West Loop actually it was Google. Like that's okay. the reason why the West Loop yeah. really grew. Um, but like he <coughs> was like the second. He saw it and um, yeah, he, he's the man. So, is, And how many... Are there so houses all around the world? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, Can I, you go to every one of them? Um, yeah, there are two different tiers of membership. Um, there's the one that allows you global access to all of them, which is more expensive. Um, and then there's just the local house membership. Yeah. I have that one because, like... The global... I, I can't imagine. Yeah. It's probably got to be a couple, couple bands a month. Yeah, I know. It's pretty expensive, um, which, you know, I could do, but, like, still, like, I... Dude, as I'm a not, young
1: entrepreneur is is cool. Like, it's good to get out there and do get involved in different, like, but you start to really
0: stretch and it's like, yeah, my my, my thing, like, and why you I don't need it is, yeah, I'm not like globally traveling. I, I do travel a lot, like to other cities in the U.S. though that have some houses. Yeah. But my thing is, like, I always know someone in these cities yes. that I can just go with. Yeah. So why don't I spend more money on that?
1: <laughs> yeah. When you're a community builder, I try to tell people that I was like, when you really start networking, it's like the value in just the networking kind of pays for itself because exactly it's it you don't even have to be hyper rich. It's just like you're just plugged in. It's like, Dude. yo,
0: I know somebody. We're just going to go. Totally, totally. Um, I, I, I love that point so much because I think that uh, w- when it comes to community building and networking, that's one of the things in life that like y- you don't immediately see the results in. And a lot of people are not willing to put in that time because like yeah. they're not getting something tomorrow for it. But like I'm so glad that I've spent like – Hours, days, months, years, uh, being so strategic about building my community, building my network, um, because now it uh, like has paid off immensely. It, it got me into venture also. And this is the
1: tip of the iceberg. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like you're still consistently, constantly, like every day I see you attempting to build your network. Of course. You know what I mean? So it's like, imagine 10 years from now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this has been, what, a hard two years? Dude, yeah. A hard three, four years of building. It's like, add another six years and just imagine like, all the ripple effect of like, of course, oh, now I've got five years and here's the fruits that are being produced for my labor. Totally. It's like, oh, my God. Dude, yeah, it's I'm so not crazy. done, man.
0: What's the famous Kobe line? Job's not finished. Job's not finished. dude. So, I, I just
1: watched a really cool video yeah. from him. Um,
0: what do you want to wrap up with? Is there anything you want to shout out? Anything on your mind? Anything you want to put out there? Dude, I mean, no, I just want to thank you for being a great friend. And these are always fun. Um, yeah, it's crazy to like uh, do this a year ago. And, um, you know, think about like all <coughs> the, think about all the growth in the past year. Um, but yeah, I'm just so happy. I'm um, I'm so motivated for my city, and like I want to keep building out Chicago. Jordan year, bro, 2023. Yeah, Jordan year, exactly, man. Yeah, we we all got to go big in 2023. So I'm more excited about 2024. Tw- why? Just
1: because I, I I think I'm just from all of the reading, all the development, all the people that I'm like obsessing over, like on an on a indirect mentorship level. It's like, yeah. It's so su- it's such a long term play for anything that you want to be like hyper successful. For sure, like,
0: yeah. Nothing I, happens overnight. Nothing happens overnight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like
1: I see everything as like a 10-year sweet spot. Like yep. the people that I meet that are like, they got liquid money. It's like not just like my money, like 1099 money where it's like, that's cool. And it's, it's you know what I mean? It it's gets me into different areas and allows me to do different things. But it's like that big liquid money. It's like, it's like a 10-year sweet spot. 10 for years sure. of like grind, sacrifice, committed to yep. just a, a singular area of vision. And it's like that's what I'm excited because I think 10 years for me will be – uh, 2027, 2028 of the, in the insurance industry. So For it's like sure. these next four or five years. I, I I just hit five years in the insurance industry, and I I keep telling everybody they're like, you know, what's it like? You know, five years in, you know, you know, you made you know millions, and you've done different things. You have your own franchise now, and I'm like. I feel like I'm I feel like I just got done with like high school. Like I feel like I feel like now I'm going to go play college. So the next four years are like college. Yeah. And then then I'm gonna start my pro career.
0: Yeah. That's a great mentality to have. Like and I I still wake up every day like thinking that like I'm still in the first inning. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll celebrate success here and there, but like, you know, a day passes, it's like micro rewarding is so important. Yeah, no, that's important. Like, you know, reflection's super important, but like, you know, like I, I made you know, Chicago, thirty under thirty, like a few weeks ago, months. I don't even remember when. Yeah. I, I don't care. You know, like it was, yeah. it was fun for a day. It was God's fun for finished. like two days, but then it was like, okay, what's next? Like, yeah, like, what's next? How can I keep building? What can I keep doing to? <sighs> Especially because the people that you're you're
1: touching and talking to, you get around people that are really big. You, I, anytime I step into the city, it dwarfs me. Every that's the first. it's <laughs> the first question. Really, the only question I care about when I come to any of your events. I was like, yo, who's the richest person here? Yeah, yeah. That's all. I just want to talk to them. Like. Who's, who here is doing billions? You know what I mean? Or yep. who here is doing 100 I'll su- I'll soon. million? soon. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Who, who here is doing 100 million? Who Like, who here got a million? Li- like, I want to see a million liquid. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and when you go to Chicago, that's not, like, hard to find. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like, m- yes, it is, but because there's so many people. Because of the rooms I'm putting you in, that's it, easier Because to of find. the room, yeah, yeah. the community building, and it's like, there's so it's, there's 10 million people in the metropolitan area. It's like, yeah. I go to Chicago, and it makes me feel like an infant, and it's I love it because I'm like, Dog, he has a jet?
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm I'm so glad that I'm able to like put together um through my events and community building just like a diverse array of people. So good. Because access to information is super important to me. Yeah. Like I want people that, that's one of the tenets of why I started the podcast as well. Like I want people to hear about how these people got started. Yeah. I want people to hear about like what they're doing today, yes. how they became billionaires, how they became world leaders. Um I don't I don't want this information to be gatekept anymore. Again, going back to the beginning, like that's why I'm so transparent about my experiences, how I got into venture, how I launched a top podcast, how I did this. Like I I want people to do what I do. Um, because there were people that I looked to when I was getting started that were very nice to share the secrets with me. Um, so access to information is, is so important to me. Um, so that's why like at my events, you're never going to see like just a certain group of people. Like, it's mm. never going to be just investors. It's never going to be just founders. It's never going to be just like ultra net worth individuals. It's yeah. going to be, you know, just people in their twenties. Like, I, for the most part, love to bring like a very diverse group it's of people. It's the whole together. spectrum, bro. Yeah, it's every single one of those people. It's the people just starting out with nothing.
1: It's the people in between. You know what I mean? Where I feel like you know we're at. Where it's like we got a lot of momentum. Yep. We got a lot to show for it. But a lot to do. But then yeah. a lot to do. And then you got the people that are just like like the Sarasani. you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. where it's like, all right, that dude got $50 million. You know what I mean? And yep. It's like, that dude got $100 million. That dude built a billion-dollar company. And it's like, and, and then you got your investors, your founders, and then you got, like, you know, your little old me's. And it's like, what do you do? I am in life insurance. <laughs> it's like, oh, OK, well, cool. I'm building a robot that can, like, read your brain or something. It's like, <laughs> oh, awesome.
0: Yeah. But no, yeah, a lot of excitement, man. So, uh, yeah, the, the last thing I'll say is just, like, I, I want people to, like, keep that energy all next year for Chicago. Like, yeah i i have this line bullish on chicago i keep seeing like, bullish on chicago yeah I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah other go. people are starting to say it now i like, the bull exactly um no pun intended but yeah I, I i just want like people to uh you know come even harder next year yes um pause but uh, yeah it's <laughs> i want people to just like be excited about chicago and um you know want to keep building up the city yeah um because i'm not gonna sleep until like you know we really yeah get, we like, ain't going to sleep till we eat exactly we really eat jobs really. not finished yes
1: yeah well, another episode of Adversity King, shout out in their 20s, shout out Landon. If you're a founder, yep.
0: reach out. You can find Landon. I sure, I'm sure. i very transparent about my email. You can find me at Landon at drivecapital.com. Um, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Landon20s20s. Yeah, if you're an early stage founder, uh, hit me up. If you are in Chicago trying to learn more about the ecosystem and what I'm building here, hit me up. Um, if you want to learn and get involved in, um, you know, everything that I'm doing, just get involved, man. I mean, let's reach go. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.